Praise God for the blood of our Saviour applied. Praise God. This morning for a short while, I would just like to read from 1 Corinthians 15, four verses, just for our consideration and reflection, especially upon what we've been singing and heard this morning concerning our salvation. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1, 2, 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which is preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I deliver to you first of all that which also I received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures of God's precious word. Amen. Uh, the Gospel then, praise God, is good news. Good news. <coughs> A powerful and life-changing message for today. For in Romans 1 and 16, Paul states a vital, important, fundamental, great truth of all. It's life-changing. The message, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation. The only way out of sin, of darkness, of depression, of an awful situation, into a place of marvellous light. That is the good news, what the gospel means. Salvation to all and everyone who believes. And that's the excitement, the delight, and the knowledge of our salvation in him. Now everyone loves to hear and benefit from, of course, good news. Isn't that right? It's great when you get good news. A baby's being born, a special addition to the family, a little individual themselves, and everybody's around and delightful for the parents and grandparents and everybody concerned. There's other kinds of delightful news. Somebody that gets married, praise God, uh, and you're invited to the ceremony or any great event that, that celebrates something marvellous that you can share with someone that wants to share with you. And that's the important thing, sharing together. And do we not need good news today? Why? Well, we only know too well. In the midst of a sinful, sadly dishonest uh, society which we live in, even in times of tragedy, which we all go through and we have to face. There's also news that isn't helpful in any respect. There's failures, there's disasters, there's even death, which has all the opposite of good news. But it hasn't in Christ Jesus our Lord and Saviour, it's just the opposite. It's completely opposite. It's new life in Him. And when we look, we haven't far to go, have we? 
when we look at our nation sadly the way it is our government or really any government for that matter but the government that's in at the minute look at it if you think about it i mean i'm only all i've lived what 70 what years and i've seen changes in society and some of you maybe have lived longer and and you've seen all of this but it has never been for the good never has there seems to be a degeneration because of sin especially in different generations it doesn't seem to get better it's just the way things are you see morally morally there's a deficiency the moral character and fiber to me has gone out of society where people are responsible for other people we elect people on our behalf to do the things that are going to be right sadly because of sin and selfishness and other factors it doesn't seem to go that way everything is in turmoil in one sense you see people are just crying out for some good news they want to see something that's beneficial they want to see something to build upon we want to see in our land and truth and honesty re-established again listen it is the only way that we can establish and get to right principles and that we'll find in salvation which we read about the good news of the gospel of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ so it certainly isn't good news but it can be can be for everyone if they just forget about self and give their will their selfishness over to God and moral situations and do the right thing and that is certainly what's required for our nation through and in every individual right the way through we all are accountable to God according to God's word so a change then is needed and you know sadly there's a lot a disregard that saddens me by the word of God that's the problem We've always been sinful as a nation because sin is inherent in everyone. But there has been in times <clears throat> past revival and a moral character and people who have stood for the truth and people did go to church. And missions were all over the place when I was young because people had assemblies of, mora of morality and wanting to do the right thing. Sadly, that's missed. The saddest thing and the answerable thing to God is the church. For we are responsible, the church, for declaring the truth, the good news of salvation. And if the government, in, in, in political terms, how sad that the church spiritually, with the answer in God's word, can it or will not, or just does not want to present the truth. Now you know what, I presented in one sense an awful thing when I established what good news really is. But you see what encourages me, what delights me is the truth in the word of God that there is no situation too difficult for God. There is nothing that God cannot and will not do when we turn to him. You see that's all he wants. All he wants is just for people to realise in themselves 
we can do nothing. You see, there needs to be a change, but there can only be a change from within. It cannot come from without. Jesus Christ came from without. He left heaven. He left heaven to come to earth to die for our sins so that we, through the Holy Spirit, know the salvation that he gives and so it has to be within. There has to be a change in our lives. And it can only come as we surrender our will to God. And then we give it over to him. And that's the change within. Our life has changed when we trust in him. So here then very quickly are four statements relating to this that we read. And the first one is this. Verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 15. Paul states, Christ died. At the right time, God's Son came into this world to die for sinners. The love of God, his love for us, brought his Son into this world to die for our sins. Yes, he died. He died for our sins and salvation. You see, verse 3 reads, First of all, that which also I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures or according to God's word. That is the authority whereby we understand. That is how we know the way of salvation, what God declares through his word. First then we establish sadly what sin is. Sin is relevant, prevalent throughout society and in our lives it's rebellion basically against God it's rejection of God and his word and it says in God's word that all have sinned we have all sinned so it's inherent through our first earthly parents through our natural parents through everyone that this carries through that's why there has to be a change from within because nothing can be done otherwise so this is the way we are and we know this to be true. We know right and wrong. And sadly, most people seem to be going wrong. When really, there's the opportunity in Christ to go right. And so, that's what we see. What sin does, right? What sin is, is rebellion. It's inherent. What it does... It, is a life of, sadly, of selfishness, it really does, and separation from God. It's completely opposite to God. It's just that it results, sadly, in death. So, there does need to be a change, and there can be and should be a change in each one of us, and that's choice. But with change must come choice. We have to choose. We're not born into salvation. Sad, we're born into sin. We can obtain salvation through Jesus Christ when we ask him into our lives. And so that's what we've got to ask ourselves. Has there been a change in my life? Is there a change in my life? Can there be a change in my life? Yes, there can. We can get out of sin. And get out of this and get into salvation where all men ought to be for God declares in his word that he wills that none should perish it's not his purpose his purpose is to save and to bring people us each one of us 
his own creation into life. It says this according to the scriptures. So let the word of God speak for itself. That is the authority that we have. So we'll look at some scriptures for a short while and then see what God's word declares. Romans 5 and verse 8. It delivers us from the penalty of sin. That's what salvation is. Well, salvation is this. Jesus Christ took our place. He took my place on the cross. He paid the price for my sin. While we were without strength, Romans 5 verse 6, Christ died for the ungodly. When we could not help ourselves at the right time, Jesus himself came to save us from our sins. He paid that price. He died that we may live. What great love is this? Marvellous love that saves a sinner from sin. And it's for us. That's our salvation. He took our place. We deserve that. God's word declared the soul that sinneth shall die. But the promise of God was sure that his son would come to save all men from sin. Which he has. Which he did. Which he does now, which he does still, which he'll ever do. Because until he comes again, there's opportunity for all of us to believe. Well, we've got to believe that he is the saviour, our saviour, and can be. It's so important to get out of sin and out of the state of this world. So then, not only was Christ buried, it also, sorry, well, not only did Christ die, it tells us in verse 4 that Christ was buried he did die that's the evidence he died and rose again yes but to, he died but to crucify and bury self and that's what we've got to do we've got to bury the old self that we have we've got to get rid of that we've got to have the new life which comes in and through jesus christ you see romans 6 romans 6 and verse 11 as we read, as I said, let scripture speak for itself. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive, praise God, to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Buried with him. Buried the old life. Buried the things of no value. Got rid of all that which held us back. Trusting in him. We have to get rid of the selfish works of the old life. <coughs> and a selfless life in Jesus Christ has to result. Now Ephesians 4, verse 21 to 25, links in the next thought. Not only did Christ die, not only was Christ buried, but praise God it says that in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians. Christ is raised. He rose again 
Praise God. That is the good news of salvation. He's alive. He's living today. He lives in the lives of those that trust him. He's a living, loving saviour. It says in the scriptures which are stated in Ephesians 4, 21 and 25. Let's just read these verses. Remember, God's word is the truth and power unto salvation. If indeed you have heard them and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old self which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, the new person, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away all lie and deceit, let us reach and speak the truth to everyone. For we are members one with another. Praise God. We give him thanks. We're raised with Christ together. Why? For it gives us power over sin and the right to live through him because death has gone. Now just quickly I want to go to a village of Bethany in John 11 and there the scene is two sisters that love the Lord have lost a brother who the Lord loved. He loved them all as a family special to him. And he arrives at the grave where Lazarus, the brother, Mary and Martha, or the sisters, lay dead. Four days he was dead. <coughs> what a situation arises. Martha goes to see Jesus. And Jesus gives her a most marvellous truth. A truth that we always give thanks for. He said to Martha concerning Lazarus, was going to rise, he was going to raise him, and he did from the dead. But this is what he said to Martha, right? I am <clears throat> the resurrection, he said, and the life. No one will never die if they trust in me. This establishes everlasting life, and praise God, four days dead, he rose again from living life in Christ. And you know how marvellous that is. That was the lovely illustration of the fact that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And then very quickly, lastly, and fourthly, is this. Christ is coming again and that's what we've got to remember and realize that there is a reason that there is a purpose that there is a fulfillment of the gospel there is a completeness in the good news of jesus christ yes he came yes he died thank god for our sins yes he rose again he gave us the power of life resurrection life eternal life everlasting life in him but more than this we have a home. When we know him, we have a home. He's coming back. God's word tells us that. He's coming back for those that love him. 
is coming back for us who have acknowledged and acknowledge him as our saviour. And this will deliver us, thank God, from the presence of sin. It's the completion of the gospel, of the good news. For it tells us there in 1 Corinthians 15 and 51 and 57, if we read through, when Christ comes, we will be changed. We'll be like him, just like he is. He's coming for us to take us back. What a glorious thought. What a great release. Yes, release from sin and that which keeps us back to be with him. We will be like our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. He is the answer, the only answer for the world, for the individual, for our government, for our nation, for everyone that trusts in him. But one final question must arise. On that day, will you be there? Will you be ready when he comes back? We need to know the salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh. Oh. <clears throat>